Hello and welcome to Overwhelmingly Underwhelmed. I'm your host Lexi and today we're going to talk about moving from an external validation mindset to an internal validation mindset. Let's get ready to have some uncomfortable conversation in three, two, one. Hello and welcome back to Overwhelmingly Underwhelmed. I am your host Lexi and today we're going to talk about moving from external validation to internal validation. I posted a reel a few weeks ago and I had a lot of questions around how I've managed to move from external to internal validation. And the one thing I will say is that it takes time and I also think that it takes age because it's only in the last few years that I've been able to do that. So I'm hoping that I can give you some tips now that I have learned over the last few years that will help you get to the stage where I am at earlier in your life cycle than I have managed to be. Before we start, please hit my social media and give me any feedback that you have about the length, about the quality, about what we've been speaking about over the last eight episodes, and also anything that you think would be beneficial for me to speak about. I'll do my research and I will get that into a podcast episode for you. I think there is a lot of good advice out there and the advice I'm about to give you is what works for me. So it might not work for you. I'm hoping that it does and I'm hoping that you can take bits and pieces, but take what you need to from what I say and maybe everything doesn't come from me and some things come from other people or come from the internet and that's absolutely fine. I'm hoping that I can just give you something today that you can take away and input immediately into your brain and into your life after you've listened to this podcast. So before we get into it, let's define external validation versus internal validation. So external validation uh, means that you're getting your feelings of self-worth based on sources outside of yourself. Whereas internal validation means that you are gaining your sense of self-worth based on what your own opinions about yourself are. Uh, I think that those are very, very, like they're one sentence definitions, aren't they? And that's all right. It's just probably not as simple as that. My self-worth is not anymore based on the opinions of others or what others think about my feelings and emotions or where I should sit with my feelings, emotions when something happens or if I want to buy something, what does somebody else think of it? Those types of things are probably how I would describe external validation for me. Um, It is definitely something that I used to build my self-worth on. So if somebody didn't like something I was wearing, I would think about it for so long and probably not wear that piece of clothing again. Whereas now I know that I wear what I want in the size that I need because it's comfortable and I like it most of the time because it's really colorful or it really reflects my personality. That's my internal validation, telling me that it's okay to wear what I want and to be comfortable in that particular piece of clothing. I have done um, a little bit of research on how other people get to an internal validation mindset over an external validation mindset, and I've incorporated some of their bits and pieces as well, but mainly for me, these are the things that work. Now, I'm at the start of this journey, and when I say that, I am a few years into it, and I still think I'm at the start because every now and then, a little voice in my head sneaks in. So I know that I'm not at the point where I'm 100% sure of myself because I've said I'm sure of myself. I still need other people's opinions to define some things. And that's not a bad thing because now that I've recognized that, what I've done instead of taking everybody's opinion in is I only take the opinions in that matter to me. So my circle of friends and family is quite a small circle versus what I used to have in my 20s. I'm very proud of them. I'm proud of the people that I have surrounding me. So I know that when they say something, what I'll take from it is valuable because I trust those people to have my best interests at heart. 
So if I, let's take this clothing piece again, if I go shopping with my best friend Elise and she tells me that a particular skirt doesn't look great on me, I probably will take that in as an opinion from her as well as my own opinion and think about it that way because I can see that she would have my best interest at heart. So I know that she's not just telling me that because she's jealous or because she doesn't like that particular clothing or because she wanted for herself. So I know that there's no, there's no malicious intent behind it. And when she says something to me like, hey, I think you were out of line with this thing that you said to this person, it's the same thing. I trust her. I know that she has my best interests at heart. She's not trying to backstab me. And so I can believe her when she says these things. There's a few good sayings when it comes to thinking about whose opinion you should take on board and whose you shouldn't. When it comes to things that you're trying, so uh, I don't know, trying a new sport or you're trying something on social media, you've put up a video. I like the saying that you shouldn't take opinions from people that aren't in the ring with you. And that means that those people are onlookers or they're sitting um, up in their high stands watching you do what you do and they're judging you. You shouldn't take opinions from those people because they are not in the ring with you. They are not doing the thing that you've put yourself out there to do. They're just judging it. So those people's opinions don't matter. And then there's a second one. I would only take criticism from people I would take advice from. I understand the gist of this one, but I think it needs to have set parameters around it because the gist is saying, hey, you should probably only take um, criticism from the people that you are really close to, that you have good bonds with, because those are the people you'd also take advice from. But if you're anything like me and you're taking advice from people on the internet every now and then that you have no idea who they are, then I think that the parameter needs to be set there that the criticism can come from that close friendship group, close family members, that's fine. Um, as long as it's not with malicious intent and it is constructive, that is fine because you take um, advice from those people as well. But maybe don't take the criticism from those people that you have on the internet because there is a very fine line between thinking that you know somebody and actually knowing somebody. Okay, let's jump into it. So number one, ask for opinions of others less often and become more honest with yourself about how you feel. This one comes with a little scary bucket of self-awareness because it means that you have to consciously think about what you're saying to other people when you are in a situation where you are craving outside validation. And it also means that you have to be honest with yourself about your feelings and thoughts that are going through your head at that time. That situation could be in a changing room or you're with your friends trying things on, or it could be asking for people's opinion about trying something new. Or it could be asking your friends about posting a video and you sent that video to them first, you sent that photo to them first, and they've given you all of this criticism back. The one thing you need to remember when you ask people their opinion is that they will always project what's happening with them into that situation. So whatever's happening internally will be projected. That is a blanket statement. So take it with a grain of salt. Take it as something that you need to think about before you ask for somebody's opinion. For example, if you are in a relationship with somebody right now and you want advice from somebody who has just broken up with someone else, think about where they are at in their life. They're probably not in a happy place. They've come from a breakup, which makes them sad. And whatever's happened in that particular relationship that's bad, they're thinking about all of those things and why the breakup has happened. So if you're asking somebody for advice about your relationship, which is current and ongoing, they will project their feelings from that breakup onto you. And that's not 
that's not saying that's wrong because sometimes that is just a fact of life and it happens and that's all right. But keep that in mind. It's the same thing when you're in a changing room with one of your friends and you put a dress on and you think, frick, I look good. I freaking love this. And you want that backup from that friend. But maybe that friend isn't feeling particularly great about a certain feature on their body. So maybe they don't want to make you feel particularly great because they wish that they had the confidence to wear what you're wearing. Now that doesn't make people bad friends. It just makes people human. But you can see how there is an inherent flaw in asking somebody else's opinion because they will always project something onto you that could potentially be happening to them. Let me say the word always with a grain of salt because it's not always. But please take into account, into thought, what's happening in their life that could possibly sway the answer that you want or need from them. And also something else you could do on the spot, think about the answer that you would want from that external source of validation and say it to yourself. You're in the changing room, you look fucking great in a dress and that's what you want your friend to say, say it to yourself. You don't need your friend to say it when you can see it with your own eyes. Number two, stop second guessing your reactions and responses in conversations or social situations. Hi, my name is Lexi. I'm extremely guilty of this to the point that I will go away and think about a social interaction that has happened for at least the next two days. Could have been a 30 second one. Could have just been me saying hi to somebody on passing. I will think about it. What did I look like? How did I come across? Did I sound bitchy? Am I not nice to this person? Is it like, am I projecting all of my feelings out? What happened in this conversation? Did I look funny? Did I um, show my mouth when I laughed, which I hate? I don't like my teeth. All of these things constantly going through my head is so unhealthy for me. And I have done my very best to stop it. And it is starting to stop. But for years and years, every social interaction, every conversation I had, had to be run over in my head. Now, you could tell me now that that's part of my ADHD diagnosis. Absolutely, it might be. But it's also something that's built into me because as a people pleaser, I always want to come across as a 10 out of 10 person. And that's just unhealthy. Now, moving away from that means that every interaction I have, I have to learn to trust myself at that time to be the best that I can be. And that doesn't always mean I come across as 10 out of 10. doesn't always mean that I come across as overly nice or I have a smile on my face or I'm talking exactly the way I want to and I'm being sweet because again I'm human and other people are human as well and the likelihood of them even realizing that you have said something that you have to think about for days on end that you have made an expression that you thought you were rude the likelihood of them actually noticing that is probably close to zero and that is that's it that's the belief that I have now and If I second guess to a point where I'm like, holy shit, I need to ask this person if I came across like that, I do. I ask them. I message them afterwards and say, hey, we had this interaction. Did I come across like this? I apologize. I had no intent to. That usually clears the air for me. But I try to keep that type of behavior to a minimum now because I don't need to do that. I need to trust myself as a person and trust myself as Lexi and who I am and my values, my core values, stick to those because once I've stuck to those, I know that I've come across the way that I've wanted to come across. Number three, deliberately spending time with people who want to have important conversations, not just gossip. Uh, this is probably where age comes in because as you get older, your, your social circle kind of gets smaller, but it's really important to pick and choose people consciously who you spend time with. One, because your time and energy is probably your most valuable resource that you never get back. And two, whoever you have around you right now defines who you're going to be in five years. Think about that. 
please, I beg of you to think about that. If the people that you have around you right now crave outside validation as well, they gossip a lot, they don't do much with their lives, they don't read, they don't go and do things that could possibly help them grow, then the likelihood of you doing the same and falling into those patterns is quite high. The people that I have around me now have the ability to have very important and deep conversation with me. They lend me books and I lend them books. They give me quality time when they are there. They are there with me, not on their phone, doing a thousand other things, taking pictures. They take the time out of their day to check in. They have solid dreams and goals that they're working towards. And the reason they are around me and I love to keep them around and I will do anything that I can for these people is because I can see their growth. And if I can see their growth, I know that by having these conversations and by being around these people, I too will grow with them. And that makes me excited. It makes me excited because it means that I finally have people around me that I can trust long term. Whereas in my 20s, I had a lot of people around me. A majority now I know were acquaintances, weren't even close to friends. And those people wanted to gossip and they wanted to talk about other people and they wanted to talk about superficial things. And those kinds of conversations are great to have, not on a daily basis. They're fine because once again, we're all human. Maybe try to stop judging people, but the superficial stuff, that's fine. As long as it's not overtaking your life and your thoughts. Those types of conversations, they are short-lived. They don't bring value to anything in your life and they're very surface level conversation. So think about that. Think about what you're filling your head with. Number four, question where the need for outside validation stems from because you weren't born with it. We talked about this a little bit. I think it was like in episode six where I talked about manipulation of women in media and how outside validation was something that um, women sometimes take and they think that their value is based on outside validation. And it's really hard to change that mind frame because as women, we grow up with this sense of like having to fit in to look like everything that the ads and the magazines and social media tells us we have to look like because when we are pretty and beautiful, then we have all of this value to the opposite sex and to our careers. And that's how we're going to be successful. That stuff is ridiculous. But it's also really hard to get yourself out of because from the time that we had conscious thoughts, all of this media was all around us all the time. And not just around us, around our friends, around our family, around our romantic interests. And those people all believe the same thing. So unless they are also on the conscious path of being able to split themselves from that external versus internal validation, the likelihood of them also having the issues of having to need external validation for their own value is high. And so once again, we go back to point three, where we talk about having the right people around you, the people that are consciously making decisions to be better and to grow and to not question themselves. Something I would urge you to think about is when you are in relationships, any type of relationship, family, friendship, romantic, think about what that other person is saying to you. How can they contribute to you being more comfortable as a person to yourself? If you're in a relationship where there is a lot of attacking of how you look or what you do constantly or bringing down or telling you that you can't do something because it isn't in your skill set, those types of things really hinder your growth and really hinder that movement from external to internal validation. And those are the types of people, I'm sorry to say, you need to spend less time with. The other thing I urge you to do is think about the types of media that you're taking into your brain. What are you letting into your subconscious that then 
creates the thoughts that pop up into your conscious and tell you that you don't look pretty and tell you that you don't look good today or devalidate the feelings that you're having. What is it that you are letting in? Is it certain TV shows? Is it social media? Is it your feed and what you're looking at every day? Is it what you think is normal or what you are supposed to look at? Is it advertisements? What is it? Whatever that is, cut it out. That's it. Stop it. Stop looking at it. Unfollow it. Stop reading it. Stop watching it. Whatever it is, stop it. And learn to start creating your own thoughts. Something that I read the other day that I thought was really impactful, something that I used to do every morning was scroll on social media and somebody said in one of their reels, stop watching everybody's else's life and start living your own. Every morning I think about that. I wake up and I don't watch anyone else's life. I wake up, I go to the kitchen, I make my tea and I go for a walk because that's my own life and that's how I want to start it. So instead of watching everybody else's successes on social media, which by the way, good reminder is a highlight reel, I'm going to start creating my own successes in the morning. And for me, success means getting out of bed and doing that before I start actually thinking And my brain starts rolling along and comparing my body to everybody I see on my Reels feed or my TikTok page or comparing my life to their life. And that might mean that might be a small success to you or just getting out of bed. But for me, as somebody who has battled with my mental health for that many years, that is a big success for me for being able to tell my brain that I need to stop being lazy, stop watching other people's lives and start living my own. That is a big success for me. I'm very happy with that. And by doing that, I have noticed that after my tea and going for a walk, I come home with a better mindset to be able to tackle my workload and my content load that day. I am more motivated. I feel less gross as a person. I don't know if that's a thing or if you understand that. But um, for me, my body type and like shape and the way it's growing. Sometimes I feel a little bit gross, but after tea and a walk, I feel better. And I think that's because I've started to get my, um, I get my metabolism moving through that. And then eventually through the day, I'm making better choices around what I eat because I feel healthier and I feel more motivated. So it's a whole thing. It's like a whole string of things, but you can see how one action has allowed me to create my own thought processes for the whole day. For you, that might not be the same thing. It might be you're writing in a journal every morning or every night, or you're doing a gratitude journal, or you're um, speaking to yourself in the mirror with your affirmations. Whatever it is that helps you create your own thoughts during the day, that's really important. And the other thing that you need to remember here is to be consistent. You have to do it every day or it's not going to work. And <laughs> Again, with a grain of salt every day. If you skip one day, you know what? It's probably okay because you've done six other days. What I'm saying is try to be consistent in creating your own thoughts as a person. And this runs right into number five. Stay consistent with challenging your internal toxic self-talk. This one takes time and patience. So next time you hear something from your brain that you think, ooh, that sounds a little harsh, I want you to sit down and think about where it stems from. We talked that about that in point three. Where does this stuff stem from? Or maybe it was point four, sorry. So let's, for example, take a thought that I have very regularly, and that is, I am putting on weight and I don't like the way my body looks. I definitely didn't, I definitely didn't think about that uh, when I was eight or nine or even 10 or 11. But all of that weight stuff really started for me when I was about 12 to 15 and I looked different from everybody else. And I still do. I'm 31 now, which means that my body has naturally put on weight as a woman. That's normal. I am not particularly tall at five foot six, 
but the weight that I've put on is small. So when I say that, I think about, I look back at myself three to five years ago and I go, oh, I was like a solid size seven and eight. And now I'm a solid size nine. I've put on two sizes in the last five years. And for me, the only reason I'm thinking about that is because it's stemming back to my inner child, which is telling me I look different from everybody else and I should fit in. And to fit in and to have value is to be skinny. And I know that's stemming back to when I was a child and I learned all of these things from social media and from the people around me that were different to me. And playing basketball means I was surrounded by beautiful, long, leggy, tall girls. And I'm just not that. So I know that stems all the way back to there. So then I can tell myself and tell that voice, no, you are not putting on weight. You are just aging, firstly. Secondly, you don't look very different to what you used to look like. And thirdly, your exercise and diet regimes are very different to what you used to have. You used to be unhealthy. You are currently sitting in a healthy weight and you look good. And your partner loves you for the way that you are as a person. He values you for more than your looks. And when I do that, when I stop and combat those thoughts with my actual voice, they stop entirely for at least until the next day when I have to think about it again for some reason because, I don't know, my old pair of jeans don't fit. But coming to the point where you are able to actually take in your your version of reality versus something that your brain has just told you because it's made it up because your inner child is wounded, that's a really good spot to be in. And that's where I am right now. And that's where I'm hoping you can get before you turn however old it is that I turned when I started having to actually sit down and challenge my thought processes. So to recap, ask for opinions of others less often and become more honest with yourself about how you feel. Stop second-guessing your reactions and responses in conversation or social situations. Deliberately spend time with people who want to have important conversations and not just gossip. Question where the need for your outside validation stem from, because you were not born with it. And stay consistent with challenging your internal toxic self-talk. Those are the five steps that I hope that you can take away from this podcast and start doing immediately. If you forget them, that's okay. They're sitting on my latest reel on Instagram. So you are able to take a screenshot or download the reel, whatever you need to do. I hope that is helpful. Thank you for joining me again on Overwhelmingly Underwhelmed. I'm your host, Lexi, and hopefully I will see you next time. Thank you.